What's up, Warriors? Welcome to another wonderful, wacky, sometimes Warrior Wednesday. I'm so glad you're joining us here at Protector's Toolkit. Protector's Toolkit is Christian safety and security made simple. It's for you, Warriors, you guys and gals that stand on the watch at your church, making sure that everybody that attends, your guests, your visitors, and the staff can have a safe and secure worship environment. And so we are so glad you're joining us here tonight. Do not forget to jump into the comment section. I'm just going to steal from Bill O'Reilly right here. Name and church, name and church, name and church, if you wish to opine. If you wish to comment, get in there with your comments and suggestions and questions uh, tonight as we talk about the importance of church safety and security and insurance for that particular ministry. Let's just align everybody with what we feel here at Protector's Toolkit. Our guiding biblical verse goes like this, Proverbs 18, 15, and it says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In the easy-to-read version of the Bible, the one that I have to go to sometimes just get a little bit deeper understanding or better understanding, it says it this way, Wise people want to learn more. I think that's you all. So they listen closely to gain knowledge. And I do call you all warriors because it's very important you understand that you are a warrior. Everything that God ever wanted to do in the Bible, he got done with warriors. But, you know, they didn't look like warriors when they started. Just think about King David. He did not look like a warrior when he started on his path to what he became. But we know early on in Exodus 15, 3, it says the Lord is a warrior. warrior. The Lord is his name. And you all who stand up for the church safety and security at your church, you are warriors. So thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, Jesus, I see you uh, out there. Uh, Generation of Faith Church in Orlando, Florida coming to us. Ray Coates, always good to see you, my brother from Longview. Man, I saw one of those guns you put on from Top Shot. I just drooled over that thing. Love what they're doing up there at Top Shot up in Longview. So let's get into it tonight. I want to introduce a good friend of mine, uh, Colton Johnson. I'll bring Colton in here. Colton, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. And then, of course, I want to hear about American Church Group and what you guys got going on over there. Man, sure. I would be more than happy to. And uh, Guy, you, you stole my uh, introduction a little bit. Uh, I I normally say something to the effect of, you know, coming at you from the uh, warm, sunny Austin area where it's always warm, always sunny, sometimes Austin, right? <laughs> so, uh, trying to keep it weird down here, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's um so, so yes, uh, I am with American Church Group and a little bit of background uh, about me uh, as an individual and you know how I came to be a part of the agency that, that I represent is I actually started as a Bible major in college. Um, so I always had a heart for ministry, um, working in the children's ministry in the church growing up, uh, teaching you know Sunday school class, all that fun stuff and with the real intention that uh, one day I felt that I was going to pastor a church. And so started at uh, Central Baptist College, actually in the Conway, Arkansas area. Uh, started out there, you know, went, went through all the uh, initial classes, such as Old Testament, New Testament, Life of Christ, uh, Greek, <laughs> all the way, which, was, which was a difficult one, yes. Um, you, you know, and got about halfway into the, the program, the degree, and really felt the need and the urgency to work alongside churches, work within ministry, but I didn't believe it was in the pastoral role. Mm -hmm. uh, so I ended up uh, switching over to the University of Central Arkansas and finishing up a business degree there. Didn't know where that would take me in life, you know, where I would end up. Uh, and certainly with no intention to ever <laughs> dive into the insurance side of things. I I don't think that any child grows up saying, man, I would love to be an insurance agent. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, you know, as God would have it, um, the opportunity came up.
for my wife and I to move down here with American Church Group. And it wasn't something I entertained at first. Uh, my wife and I are huge homebodies, don't enjoy being away from family at all. We love spending that time with one another. So we never thought we would move more than 15 minutes away, much less eight hours you know, mm -hmm. from our family. And so it wasn't something I entertained at first, but then uh, I just felt a prompting uh, in my spirit, uh, that, that Texas was supposed to be the place that I was supposed to be in. And so I consulted with my wife about it. And, and to my surprise, my absolute surprise, she thought we were supposed to be here too. Um, so that's, that's how I, uh, got aligned with American church group and ended up in the Austin area is because we knew that, uh, this is the place we were supposed to be. And, uh, everything leading up to that point, at least, uh, professionally for me had, had built up to a point that, uh, I was built to serve in this capacity as an agent uh, with the organization. Yeah, that's a fantastic story. You know, I, I do think about it when I when I walk around with my kids during Halloween. I don't see a lot of kids dressing up as insurance agents <laughs> on Halloween. So I, I think you're absolutely right with that. Yeah, and we're so glad to have you here in the United States of Texas. You know, we're very humble when you think Texans. You think humility right away, of course. Uh, so yeah. yeah, very awesome, and, and it is weird, kind of in your country. <laughs> The, the pride is certainly strong. Uh, my parents are originally from the Beaumont Port Arthur area, and I, I say I return to the homeland because we absolutely love it here. Um, <clears throat> but yes, as far as who we are as an agency guy, um, American Church Group, I represent one of the largest church, nonprofit, and ministry-oriented brokerages in the nation. Yep. Um, so that, that being James Green and Associates based out of uh, the Arkansas area, they, they represent and operate in about six different states. And we are basically the Texas arm, uh, yeah. that, that piece of James Green and Associates. And the uh, carrier that we represent is Brotherhood Mutual. Yeah, absolutely right. One of, one of the big boys on the block, if not the biggest on the block, uh, always doing great things uh, for the church protectors out there and for churches. Uh, and friends, I'll just tell you right now, Colton and I met each other a long time ago. Uh, I don't know how long ago, but Colton is just one of those people. You walk into a room, you see him. Uh, he's someone you're just attracted to right away. Uh, he just got a, a warm and welcoming smile. And I, I'll just tell you, he, he's someone who makes me feel better when I'm around him. So um, and by the end of this, make sure you get Colton's contact information. He's got a lot of resources for you church protectors out there. And this is something I'm always fond of saying, whether I'm on the stage live and in person or I'm doing one of these videos, I just say this. Your, your church insurance company, if they're not serving you like the way Colton and his company serve, uh, then you don't have the right church insurance company and you may want to look at changing and Colton is the guy to help you do that. So uh, right now I'm going to do a call to action for you all out there. If you're watching, I see you, Jim. Thanks for joining us, Jim. Mike Phillips, of course, my neighbor, not too far down the road. Um, hit the share button down there. Share this with somebody you know it's going to bless, whether it's somebody else in the church safety and security space or it's someone in a leadership role in your church, especially if you're not already aligned with American Church Group. They definitely are going to want to jump into this conversation or hear this conversation uh, because if, if you're not, again, being served in the way that you should be being served by your church insurance company, and we're going to talk about some specifics here in a little bit, then I want you to make sure that they're listening to this and get this word. This is going to be a good word today. We're going to preach a little bit uh today so you know friends the churches have become increasingly increasingly susceptible to lawsuits now more than ever perhaps and now that we're all getting back to meeting in person i think that's only uh only going to increase uh and it well it's not certainly a substitute for good risk management uh or safety and security planning within your church and having a good safety and security team insurance is a valuable tool and a valuable asset if you do it right to protect your church 
Nicole, and for our audience, let's really just kind of define the two basic types of insurance we'll be talking about for a church. Number one, let's talk a little bit about property insurance and what that is. Sure. No, no certainly there are uh, many components to it. And like you said, you know, falls uh, within two main categories, uh, I would say, with uh, property being the first one. And uh, Guy, I, I appreciate you, <clears throat> you know, mentioning that about us uh, because truly, in any component of a risk management or insurance program for a church, the idea of partnership uh, in ministry, rather than just being an insurance carrier, to me is of the utmost importance. And yes, the first part of that being on the property side of things, because I mean, let's face it, you know, as as churches, as ministries, one of the largest things that um, we want to make sure to protect is indeed the assets uh, that the church owns, that being the property. and. It, you ask yourself, okay, how do we do that? Um, well, first, I, I would say it comes with a proper valuation of the campus, right? You know, and I think many uh, of the ministries we work alongside can resonate with this. When is the last time that we obtained a professional appraisal of the property where we serve our community? You know, right. it's, it's like, do I have a good idea of the replacement cost of what it would take if an F5 tornado came through here tomorrow? Right. Um, and I can speak personally to that because I lived in Valonia, Arkansas, which over the course of three years was hit by two different tornadoes. Mm -hmm. uh, one, of, one of them was an F2 and one was an F4. It completely leveled our business district. Right. Um, so I've seen firsthand what it can do. And, and the question we have to ask ourselves is, if that happened to me, can I be assured with, you know, at, you know, no doubt in my mind that I would be able to rebuild tomorrow. Right. Um, so the way in which we approach that is an on-site uh, campus assessment. So basically we come out and we get all of the quality, the square footage, we survey the campus. Okay, what's the you know quality of the pews, the stained glass, the pipe organ uh, that, that we have within the church? And we come up with a you know, per square foot valuation for the campus to make sure that uh, our ministries are properly insured. Um, so, so the, you know, that's on the property side. And then there are, of course, many components to that, uh, such as ordinance and law protection. You, you know, for example, uh, many of our many of our ministries, uh, our churches, man, they were built in the early 1900s, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I work with one out of the Fredericksburg area that was 1890. Yeah, yep. Uh, <laughs> the only question we need to ask ourselves is, okay, has building and commercial code enforcement changed since the early 1900s? <laughs> and so right. like, yeah, you, you know, it, it has. And we think about some of those things being uh, sprinkler systems, you know, updated electrical. Um, just a real quick anecdotal story to that. There was a business out of North Carolina uh, that this was recently in a insurance news article that was insured for $2 million. They, they initially insured it for a million uh, from the prompting of their agent insured it for 2 million uh, because the agent felt that the valuation of the property needed to increase. Well, lo and behold, this was a 1920s built building and it has a fire, absolute total loss. Wow. Um, so so it, it was a total loss. The, the assessed damage from the fire was approximately 860,000 but the key to that was in order to get the property back to the proper code for today's standards, uh, that it was an additional 1.1 million. Wow. Yeah, guy, would you like to take a guess how much that insurance company paid out on that claim? Oh gosh, I, I couldn't even hazard a guess. 
It it was actually because I, I said the fire loss was eight hundred and sixty. They paid out eight hundred and seventy thousand. So the business was one point one million dollars short because they only had yeah. ten thousand dollars of ordinance and law protection. Wow. So those are some of the nuances that. Uh, many business owners, churches are, are not aware of uh, when it comes to the property component of, of their program. Yeah, you know, the, the property side, it's, it's those tangible things, the things we can touch, the things that we care about. And one of the things we teach, and whether it's a live in-person or a virtual class, one of the, th the things, that, and, and it's in our membership mm -hmm. site too, is an inventory form. And churches, I, I think this is where they go wrong sometimes because we'll budget, the budget will go through, and then all of a sudden the worship team has this this uh, brand new organ or a brand new drum set or a brand new lighting system and it comes in and it's all happy and we're glad we got it let's use it but those things have serial numbers right and they they have a real value to them when we purchase them so the easiest thing we can do is take that inventory sheet write down serial numbers take pictures put those two things together and put them in a safe place and maybe the, the church secretary's office and have that in case there's ever a theft or, there, or there's other some uh, some man-made or God-made event that makes that property depreciate or is destroyed, right? And that's, you know, we get, it, it's really fun to get the things that we buy, but we, we, we need to slow down just a little bit to make sure that our insurance company, when we're partnered with them, we do the right things on the front end to help you guys, help your companies uh, do the right thing on the back end for us when we lose that property. Well, and Guy, you're you're speaking to it there. Um, one of the, I think one of the things that I've been urging most recently is uh, actually video inventory even. Yeah. You know, just, just taking a camera, because that's something quick, you know, the, the, as opposed to even taking a, which yes, if you can do it and take a pen and paper and log everything, hey, awesome. Um, but, but yes, you know, we've been seeing it uh, most recently with the deep freeze claims that we had. I mean, good night. Yeah. We had sprinkler systems, you know, sewage. Um, that, that just burst uh, during that deep freeze and all sorts of contents uh, that was messing. Well, one of the first things the company is going to ask you if you go to file a claim is, what did you lose? Right. You know? And I have to be able to provide them with a list and evaluation of everything. So if I have a, a video inventory of my church where I've gone around with a camera and said, okay, hey, here's what's in this room. You know, here's, you know, the instruments that I have. And I can just provide that to the carrier. Oh, you talk about a process that is so much simpler than having to go line by line uh, for the contents. It's you know something I would highly recommend. Yeah, it's a great tool because listen, I, I I I mean I'm maybe not abnormal in this, but I can't remember what I did yesterday, right? <laughs> so, and especially in a crisis situa situation when I'm when I'm at a loss of, uh, of thousands of dollars, I may not remember everything that I lost in that, whether it's a fire. Uh, or something catastrophic like a tornado, but the video or the picture evidence will help refresh my memory. And the other thing to think about with that is when when you have a break-in or if there's a break-in and things are stolen, it is so much easier for the police to recover that item, especially now think about it. If it's a if it's a keyboard, how many how many keyboards were manufactured by that manufacturer? Yours has a specific serial number. And so if it's found somewhere in a pawn shop or somewhere else, and you have that specific serial number, they can get that property back to you a lot easier uh, when you have that good inventory system there. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, great, great reminders right there. Um, so let's talk about the other side then. So there is another side of the insurance. Let's, and, and the one that maybe uh, the protectors should be thinking about also is the liability side. What, tell us a little bit about the liability side of insurance. 
Sure. So, yeah, just as you have uh, property coverage, right, which is going to protect you in the event that you uh, sustain a physical loss to something that you own, well, then we have the liability component. And what we have to remember is that um, insurance in general is is a contract, right? You, you are essentially signing up with a carrier to cover you in the event that you face a suit for very specific items that are outlined within that contract. Um, so, you know, one of the one of the ways that I like to frame or think about the liability approach uh, to, to any ministry operation, any church is RISK, right? An acronym for risk. And the idea of what can we as a church do with risk? Um, and one of those things, the R, is I can reduce it, right? And, you know, we're going right. to talk about that a little bit later here with uh, some of the policies and procedures we can implement. Um, the I is I can ensure my risk, you know, and those are some of the things that we're speaking to today. Uh, I can stop risk, right? We could stop all risk to ministry by closing our church doors tomorrow, right? We could do it, but that's not how we minister to our community. Uh, but are there some areas where we might want to consider stopping risk, right? I'll give an example. The, the early 1990s, we saw a lot of skate park ministries who <laughs> were putting in ramps and, hey, community, come on in, skateboard, and, you know, do your uh, 360 front flips and all that. Well, were we seeing a lot of accident medical claims out of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was affecting church loss ratios. So, you know, might there be, or if you have a bull riding ministry, you know, outside of, uh, you know, being a, a cowboy church, let's say, yeah, maybe, maybe let's put that one on hold. Um, or, or K, I can keep risk, right? Uh, there may be some exposures, for example, uh, many churches don't carry flood insurance. You know, that's, that's a separate line item right. that uh, they are comfortable that if they ever sustain the flood, keeping that risk. Um, so th that's a good approach uh, that I like to take to the liability side of things. Um, but yes, that the liability component specific to churches, it, it helps protect things like trips and falls on your campus. You know, some someone coming on the campus saying, hey, that handrail wasn't properly maintained. You know, yeah. I reached out to grab it and it fell through and, and I broke my leg. So I'm, I'm going to file suit against you. Yeah. Um, something like that would likely be filed into the general liability. But then you have the unique space in which churches operate. Uh, so, so we get into things like counseling protection, um, abuse allegation, you know, mm -hmm. liability, directors and officers coverage specifically for the leaders of the church. Yep. Um, and and I, I think we'll get into these a little bit later, but religious freedom protection, man, yeah. uh, we just, we just had a webinar uh, with brotherhood, our carrier, and we expect that to be one of the hot button topics of 2021. Uh, and, and then, of course, church safety and security uh, and, and the teams and the emergency response personnel that operates within those. Yeah. And on the liability side, a lot of times I, I love the acronym risk. We're going to put that up there to make sure everybody understands that and uh, and can kind of live by that when they're looking at that. We also have to understand it's kind of like um, when I used to do protection details for high value targets, uh, import, important people or at least people that thought they were important. Um, a lot of times what we're doing for our church is we're protecting the reputation uh, of the church when we're thinking about liability because, you know, we want to be a welcoming church. We want everybody to attend that wants to attend. We never stand in the way of anybody's salvation, but we what we can mitigate, we do. And, what, and, and by having a good risk assessment, we also 
can own the risk that we have to own and mitigate it as much as possible and expose all that uh, to the church. So, you know, we don't want to own a lot of it. We don't want to hold a lot of it. But by having a good partner in our church insurance agent and uh, company that we choose, that's going to help us work together to lower all the risk, right? Sure. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, no, and, and I think that's a, a great transition into the uh, idea of adopting, right, the, the correct policies and procedures uh, that, that we yeah. should have uh, as a church. Because here's the thing, um, with any, and this is a good thing to keep in mind, with any liability exposure, what does a claimant or a third party have to satisfy in order to effectively produce a lawsuit against you as a church? Well, one, proof, proof of damage, right? They have right. to show the damage was done. And then they have to satisfy a burden of proof that the proximate cause of loss was due to negligence on the part of the church. Yep. So anything that we can do as a ministry to show that we did not act neg negligently, that we acted prudently uh, and proactively in order to be able to prevent something from occurring to that individual is going to go a long way in a court of law. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, we recommend obviously uh, that someone like uh, Protectors Toolkit comes in and does your risk assessment for you. Uh, I know there are churches out there and there's other um, like the DHS website has a risk assessment you can run yourself. The caution there is just that I'll, I'll tell all the protectors out there is you are responsible for everything you find. Obviously, you and your church are responsible for everything you find, especially when you put it on paper like that. And maybe more importantly, you're responsible for everything you don't find. So that's why we recommend someone that's insured like Protectors Toolkit to come in and do that for you. Um, and we can write that report for you and then you can start mitigating those risks. And we and we hold some of the burden in there uh, as well. There's also another type of insurance you may have within your church, especially if you have a vehicle. Uh, and that's automobile insurance, obviously. I, did, I didn't want to leave that one out there and not have people thinking about that. And right now we're seeing a ton of catalytic converters being stolen all around the nation. Now that everything is coming up. Uh, these vehicles are higher up off the ground. I mean, if it's a commercial vehicle, the catalytic converters are a little bit uh, bigger and they have more of the minerals in there that these thieves want to to kind of sell uh, to the junkyards or the people that buy these things. So we want to make sure we touch on that as well. Sure. Well, and Guy, if, if I could throw one more in there, if, if you'd be open to it, um, just to kind of address the, the three uh, main or broad categories. Uh, workers' compensation coverage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the only reason that I, I want to note that one specifically is because a lot of uh, ministries that I actually work work with aren't quite aware of how that works within the grand scope uh, of their overarching liability. Mm -hmm. um, so in Texas, it's an elective state, right? I, 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 as an employer, as a ministry, am not required to carry workers' comp. So, so you're not, you know, disobeying the law if you don't have it by any means. In fact, I think only about 15 to 20% of employers actually carry a work comp policy. But right. um, what, what many are not aware of is that if I have a, a, a you know, a general congregation meeting, a service on Sunday, someone trips and falls, hey, that's addressed generally by my general uh, liability coverage. However, if someone who I compensate, my pastor, my organist, uh, my choir director, um, the, the person who cleans on Sunday after we have service, if any one of those individuals is injured in the scope or course of their employment, even if they're a 1099 worker, they are not covered by the general policy for the church. You have right. to have workers' compensation coverage in order for that to be uh, protected. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you touched on, I forgot to mention this, you talked, you talked about policies and procedures and that boy, that's, that's one of the one things that we preach here because we see so many churches that are wanting to do this. Uh, they want to professionalize their church safety and security team. And that is one of the biggest things they can do other than having a risk assessment uh, done. So they know where they're starting from and taking a measurement of all their risk. Uh, but number two is having a good sound policy and procedure manual. And boy, we, I'll tell you, Cohen, we see so many churches that just go online and try to download one or go get one from another church. You know, that's just not as specific enough as possible. You try to shoehorn that into your church and it's really uh, non-specific to how the layout maybe of your church is or the makeup of your team or the makeup of your church. So we encourage, uh, you know, on our membership site, we have a policy and procedure manual that's fill in the blank. And it, it's a guide that leads you to the policy and procedure manual for your church. And that's what helps yes. churches professionalize their church safety and security ministry and partner with you and American Church Group to have that, that good policy in place that's going to help not only help you when you have to defend them or, or uh, come to their aid, but also help them in the way that they lead their ministries too. Oh, well, well no doubt. And, and you know, I, I appreciate you uh, speaking to that book and you had touched on a little bit earlier, uh, reputation. You know, that, that's that's what a lot of this is about, because here's the thing. At the end of the day, might your insurance company protect you with dollars, you know, in a court of law? Sure that they can. But let's say that I have a safety or security team that acts improperly in a situation, you, you know, maybe contrary uh, to training that they had received or maybe we don't really train our, our safety. We, we haven't professionalized it. And, uh, you know, let, let's say that the, a use of force is needed and someone is injured. How do I as a church then go to that family and say, we did everything in our power to prevent this from happening? Right. Uh, well, you can't at that point. Not, not if you haven't professionalized, not if you haven't trained. Uh, it, that is of the utmost importance. It, it protects us and our reputation as a church. Yep. Yep. Absolutely right. So, Cole, maybe for you, one of the one of the most frequently asked questions for you is maybe um, how much insurance do I need? Do you get that one quite a bit? <laughs> I do. You know, there's uh, and uh, that's definitely a large question and a little bit ambiguous to an extent. But no, there, there are some good indicating factors um, as to what we would need as a congregation. For example, you, you know, does a church that let's say has $2 million in assets need a $20 million umbrella policy. It's like, probably not, you know, uh, generally if you're taking out uh, liability limits around the assets that you own uh, or scale in proportionate size to that, you know, that, that's a, that's a pretty good indicator. Um, one thing I will mention with regard to that, and, and please, please recognize with this that laws definitely have loopholes, right? That's why lawyers were created is to, right. to find those loopholes. Um, I will say, though, that specifically within Texas, Texas has attempted to protect ministries and nonprofits who are trying to do good on behalf of the community. Uh, they like to encourage participation in those nonprofits. So there was something enacted in 1987 called the Texas Charitable Immunities Act, um, which attempts to cap the liability for any ministry at around half a million to a million, kind of depending on the uh, occurrence versus aggregate limits that you may have on your policy. But again, that's to encourage participation. So um, it really tries to limit the liability exposure on behalf of churches. But again, if you're talking someone, uh, you know, I've got a van 
15 passenger full of kids on a trip and it gets in a wreck on the way and a lot of kids are in it. Yeah. You know, I would say that a majority of parents are probably going after the deepest pockets in that instance. So um, for me, that that's something that just as you do on an individual basis for the safety security aspect uh, of ministries, I really uh, try to individualize and hone in on uh, through a conversation with churches uh, to tailor the, those limits to where they feel comfortable. Yeah, a couple things you guys look at, I imagine, is uh, the replacement cost when you're trying to figure something like that. If if we had sure. to replace the thing and rebuild, we talked about that a little bit. Or for those churches that maybe are in a state of disrepair, um, uh, if their facilities are not up to you know snuff, so to speak, their older buildings, uh, they're never going to rebuild that kind of way. So you look at maybe the actual cash value as well uh, sure. in, those, in those things. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to transition into a little bit more talking about the liability uh, coverages uh, and the liability side of things. But first, we got to pay some bills. So uh, our social media yeah. <laughs> pay commercial here real quick. Uh, so let's take a little bit of look. Uh tell you what i love our social media and our marketing team they do and they do and produce some great things back there for us i do want to tell you our membership site is one of the most unique memberships out there uh, that i know of for church safety and security protectors and warriors just like you guys and gals because it gives you the one thing that you can't go out and buy and that gives you time time back in your day time back in your schedule listen church safety and security we know is largely a volunteer ministry i i do it for my church and it is a large volunteer ministry uh, that we have at our church and we're a fairly large uh, sized church here and so i need more time back in my day to do all the things that i need to do in that space and that's where the membership site just comes in for you uh, whether you're building developing or leading your church safety and security team there's something in there in that membership site for you so go check that out so uh Colin, we talked about you know in in recent years churches and even now uh perhaps more than ever churches are much more susceptible to lawsuits obviously uh, claims for false accusations, all that kind of stuff, inappropriate behavior we see um, out there as well. And, and your experience or from American Church Group data, 
what are the highest risks uh, or the most filed claims against the church that you guys are seeing right now? Sure. So uh, certainly uh, in Texas, uh, that would be on the property side. That's wind hell, right? <laughs> That, those, that happens all over the place in Texas, but uh, specific to the liability side of things and uh, some of the, I guess, areas that we could address as a church is the first one, I would say personnel dishonesty, um, embezzlement, right? Uh, so those who are entrusted with the funds in some, uh, some sort of capacity, whether that's my treasurer, uh, my bookkeeper, my money counters on Sunday, uh, or, or my pastor, you, you know, whoever has access to the funds, I would say that that's one of the most frequent uh, claims that we see within the church because the church atmosphere is often a very trusting one. Yeah, for sure. Um, those who, well, and like you mentioned, hey, a lot of the people that work in churches, we're volunteers. Yeah. Uh, so we, we tend to trust those who act in a leadership role or leadership capacity. And so if I don't have a system in which I can double check or, uh, you know, second uh, provide a second hand check of my funds and account for them on a monthly quarterly basis that might provide some temptation to some individual and again so, someone who may be an upstanding figure of the community at one time but uh, as we know circumstances of life change and if someone go through a hard time where they're then tempted to say oh man you know I count money on Sundays and I, I could easily slip a couple of 20s out of the offering plate. Right. No, um, certainly. And, and so that's one of the highest frequency, uh, frequency claims that we see. In fact, um, I think a study from 2019 showed that approximately $10 billion uh, nationwide was embezzled from nonprofits from those internally within those nonprofits. Wow. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you think about the, things that those funds could have gone towards otherwise, you know, that the ministry yeah. that could have been done with it. Yeah. That's one of the things when I, when I come out and do a risk assessment for churches that I, I typically, I'd say 80% of the time I ding is the money handling uh, yeah. just, just because we get complacent in that. And it, you know, it's just a lot, there's still a lot of cash being thrown around. Uh, a lot more churches are going to an online or electronic sort of tithing uh, and offering and first fruit offerings. But uh, there still are those people within the congregation that only want to do cash. So churches are still taking in about a thousand to two thousand dollars every week, every Sunday, uh, in cash donations, and that is very, very tempting uh, to get into the flesh and and uh, you know go the wrong path uh, with that sometimes. Sure. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ray Coates, I saw your question out there. We are going to get to that. I'm going to I'm going to make sure I get to that about carrying a firearm and how to protect your church protector team. I think you can be very pleased with that. Mike North, glad to see you joining us. Make sure you're sharing with people uh, that will be sharpened with this. Maybe your church leadership. Um, can't wait to get up there to Oklahoma to hang out with you for a little bit too. So Paul, some of the uh, some of the payout amounts that you're seeing for churches, what what are they looking like? What's the size or dollar amount that, that you know you guys are paying out on? Yes. Yeah, so what's actually interesting for that particular coverage, um, a lot of the reviews that I do for churches, not necessarily our clients, but those that I am seeking to work alongside, for them, oftentimes that coverage is either one, non-existent, or two, does not exceed $10,000. Um, and I can tell you, I have seen some sizable claims. I have actually seen some into the millions, uh, where there were a couple million dollars embezzled over a period of approximately 10 years uh, by this one particular individual. So I've seen it firsthand. I've seen how much can be done. And uh, 
for us, my standard is it at a minimum 25,000 uh, to have that coverage on the policy. So, so that's what you would see as a direct reimbursement. But I would say one of the more important components to that is how that relates to the liability for my directors and officers for the church. Um, so there's, there's certainly the idea of embezzlement and then a direct reimbursement for that uh, money that may have been stolen. But then is there a fiduciary responsibility of the leaders of the church who were supposed to have been overseeing that process? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, that there is, you know, as a director, as an officer, as a leader, that's one of my roles uh, within the church is to oversee those things. So could I personally be responsible um, or, or held responsible and my assets? So we, we think of things like my home, my car, uh, things like that for acting on behalf of the church. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and so that that's where something like directors and officers coverage then comes in to protect you directly uh, as a leader of the church. Yeah, absolutely. Are you guys seeing a lot of uh, payouts or claims for mishandling of children? Yes, uh, unfortunately, that's actually been a rising uh, statistic with the, yeah. within the industry. Um, if I remember correctly, the last statistic that I had seen was that we, we handled approximately five and a half claims a week on average, and that has since scaled to around uh, 6.97 uh, claims a week uh, from the ministries that we insure on a nationwide basis. Um, <clears throat> So, 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 yeah, that, that, well, and as we alluded to earlier, that's one of those claims that, man, reputation is everything. Uh, yeah. that, that's not about payout. Uh, that, that is about prevention, right? Yeah. You know, but because no amount of money can make up for an abuse to a child and abuse to a, even adult going through a tough time, maybe in, maybe in a counseling session. So my mindset when it comes to things like that is how do we keep ourselves above reproach right? Uh, in a lot of those instances? And even if an, a, a, an abuse situation did not occur, how do I prevent myself from being in a situation where the allegation can even be made? Yeah. <clears throat> so that, that, that comes through, of course, uh, guidelines for ministry workers, having those policies in place, such as a two adult rule, right? Yeah. Um, always, always have two adults present when kids are present in a room, you, you know, and, and again, that could be driving my van, you know, make, let's make sure we have a driver and then a, an adult passenger, um, whether that's at camp, uh, just having those two adults present. Um, another good one, Guy, is background checks are kind of a, a given, right? We, right. Background checks, we, need, we need to run background checks on anyone working with youth. But another good one is a six-month rule. Um, let's make sure that those working alongside the youth or uh, let's say with vulnerable adults or those who may be counseling with them have been a part of my ministry for six months. And I know them and I have vetted them prior to them, you know, working with those individuals. Um, because here's the thing. My heart's with the youth. I love serving uh, the, the youth in our church, right. but had I come in a month into being a part of that congregation and raise my hand and say, oh, I want to work with the kids. I want to work at, I would hope that would raise a, a red flag for my administration to, to at least keep an eye on me. Uh, than yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, we do protect the reputation of the church. And, and so when we do things like that, when we have the two person rule and we have cameras, uh, that, that kind of overwatch everything. We're protecting testimony too, testimony of the staff and the volunteers that we have uh, within the church. It's, it's all about doing the right thing and, and having no room for impropriety. Uh, and that also counts in our policies and procedures that we have those nice and strong in there. 
Uh, and and I know you see this too, but we have churches out there that number one, don't have policies and procedure manuals that are written down, right? And we have churches that don't even have insurance. Uh, unfortunately, I see that as well. It's just, they, they weigh the risk. And, and you know, the sometimes they say, well, the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on that. I don't want to pay that right now. We're small. We have no risk. We're a small community. Everybody knows everybody. And the kids ministry is one of those ministries that kind of lends itself to the, hey, you detail. Uh, you know, we didn't get enough volunteers today. So you, you know, <laughs> you're it. <laughs> yeah, you have kids. So you must like kids. So come on in. We don't do a background check and we just needed somebody. We got to uh, stop falling into that trap. Right. Well, and, and I would say one of the biggest objections uh, that I see from churches about implementing su something such as a written policy is, well, we've always done it this way. You, you know, Bob, he's he's been in the church for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I know him. He's a good guy. Well, I, this is what I pose to my ministries. Let us be the leaders. Um, let us lead by example yeah. in that instance, because here's the thing. We won't always be serving in the capacities that we are today. So someone else is going to have to fill our shoes eventually. So even if we haven't ran background checks, would it, would it be the desire of my congregation to have background checks on everyone serving in the future? I, I would hope so. And so, you know what? I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand to say, hey, run a background check on me. You know, I'm willing to do that because I want my kids that I have in the ministry. I want them protected uh, for, for, you know, and, and I want those volunteers vetted uh, who are going to be working with them. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things, Colton, I think um, that we should probably touch on just uh, very quickly is, you know, multiple claims against the church. What does that do uh, for the reputation of the church? And maybe what does it do from an insurance side, you know, when their risk is way too high? Um, what is you know what happens there when they have way too many claims? Sure, no, great, great question. Um, and I would actually say that frequency of claims is probably worse than uh, the size of a claim. Let's say mm -hmm. so. You know, you know, for example, if, let's take that scenario we discussed earlier, and I have an F five tornado rip through my campus. Right. Well, obviously that is a naturally occurring event, and it's going to be a large loss. You know, could it could be to the tune of millions. However, I would say that it's unlikely that you're going to see a carrier drop you strictly for that reason, right? right. You know, it, because hey, that that's why you have insurance coverage. It, it's there to protect you whenever you need it. However, if I have, let's say, three or four accident medical claims, um, because uh, from people falling in my parking lot because I didn't have adequate lighting. Uh, I sustained a hell storm in that same year. And just like we had here across the state, we had a deep freeze that busted some of my pipes. Uh, my goodness, you know, some of the repercussions of high frequency of claims is, yeah, a, a, a denial of coverage then, you know, the next year, right. a, a carrier saying, hey, we no longer want to insure you. You are not a good risk uh, for, for our books. Well, what does that look like for our churches, especially here in Texas? That often leads us to the ENS market, the excess and surplus lines. And a lot of uh, our churches on the coast can appreciate this. That's associated with high deductibles, high premium, right. and very low liability coverages. Right. So, yes. so yeah, you, you know, you get into a situation where um, carriers have to be profitable as well, right? You know, and that's not to say that we're in this to, you know, churn goobas at all, because we're not. You know, our, our idea of being a mutual company is, all of our insurance dollars go back into the ministry, but hey, we, we have to keep the lights on too. Uh, so, so if if we're seeing adverse claims, uh, you know, whether that be in the way of wind hell events or, or high frequency claim, adjustments have to be made to the policy. Yep. 
Yeah, high risk. You know, it's kind of like being a private in the military in a military town, and you need a car uh, a car loan. You're going to pay 26 percent interest. <laughs> You're a high risk. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. So, you know, in, in all the ways that you offer coverage, there's a lot of optional. We touched on this already. There's a lot of options or optional coverages. Um, you know, they cover a wide variety of risks. So, yeah. where you do have the general liability. Of course, that we talked about. It, um, we have to. We want to get as specific as possible to our churches as well. Um, you, you've tossed around at least a million dollars in coverage for most churches. Uh, it may be even higher, depending on the risk or the size or the scope uh, for general liability coverage. Um, some of the other uh, optional coverage uh, I know you guys offer is uh, sexual mis- uh, misconduct liability, right? That, that's exactly right. So, so yes, um, you're speaking to it there. I would say most insurance carriers can cover property. You know, most can offer some sort of a general liability. However, where it uh, becomes crucial and critical for churches is tailoring that piece to the operations of the church. And and that's where a agency such as American Church Group and Brotherhood, we aren't just a carrier that insures, but we are a part of ministry. Um, we, we understand what you do day in and day out. In fact, that's a, a requirement uh, of me as an agent. When I was coming on board with Brotherhood uh, in the interview process, they didn't ask me what my resume was, what my GPA was in college. They asked me to give them, uh, give them my testimony. Right. They want agents who have a heart for ministry and to serve in that capacity. So they, they get you. They get the DNA of who you are uh, because they're a part of it. And so some of those coverages being, yes, uh, sexual misconduct uh, coverage. Not all carriers uh, offer something like that, and that's for allegations of abuse in the church. And and I think what a a lot of the viewers uh, probably here today are interested in, church safety and security, right? Um, Especially ever since Sutherland Springs, uh, one of the more recent shootings up there in the, the Church of Christ in the Fort Worth area. Uh, Well, a lot of our churches have been getting together safety teams and emergency response personnel. Man, that that is great. You know, I I want you being able to protect yourself. However, uh, within most policies, is there an exclusion and or at least a large gray area as to whether or not my safety team members are protected for acting on behalf of the church? Right. Yeah, I would I would say certainly so. Within the general liability language, there's basically two large exclusions, and that's for intentional acts and criminal acts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if a team member is authorized to act on my behalf as a church and they have to use force, you know, whether that's the uh, use of a weapon or taking someone to the ground, could a court, if a suit is brought against that team member for, let's say, unreasonable action, uh, well, on part of the (laughs) the injured party, would that be covered by the general liability? I would say in most cases, probably not. Um, so that, that's where you have to have a specific endorsement covering those team members, which is something uh, the Brotherhood Mutual offers. Yeah, that's very unique. And I, I wanted to make sure that we touched on that and, uh, and and talk to that because you guys are one of the few out there that I know of, maybe the only one out there that offers specific additional coverage for church protectors, for the warriors out there. The, the volunteers that are standing up every Sunday, maybe every Wednesday when uh, the other uh, groups are meeting and saying, we're going to make sure that everybody that's, that comes on our campus has a safe and secure worship environment, especially in those armed components, right? When we have the opportunity yeah. uh, or we give ourselves the ability and capability to potentially use deadly force against somebody, we do want to have the coverage for that team, for that individual, 
who is working in that capacity for the church. I think it's so vitally important. And you guys, um, I know you don't charge an arm and a leg for that to add that onto the policy. You guys do a really good job on that side. Man, so, so Guy, the, the great thing about many of these coverages that we're talking over here, uh, just as you would have, let's say for a business that you run, a package policy that is put together for that business, these coverages that we're discussing here come with the brotherhood package. Yeah. Um, so, so you're not talking, yeah, you know, hey, I'm going to go out and shop a safety team coverage for you and it's going to be five grand, 10 grand a year. This comes as a part of the policy with brotherhood. Uh, it's, it's in almost every single policy that I write uh, as an agent. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things I'll just tell you that American Church Group, Brotherhood, and, and everybody that insures your churches that they want you to have is they want to have quality, qualified trainers come out and do the training for you. Yes. They want to see a policy and procedure manual that's written and trained too. Uh, and they want that company that comes out like Protectors Toolkit to be insured on their own. And we can write, we can write in uh, our policy your name so you can have that. Uh, that certificate of liability insurance that we came out, we trained you to a standard uh, and we will also come to your defense or your aid if anything ever happens along with your uh, uh, church uh, uh, insurance group. So we want to have qualified quality training, whether um, it's going to be your basic training for your church, it's going to be de-escalation, conflict resolution, or something more high speed and low drag like our two-day firearms training course. Uh, that's on site to get in that come that is an insurable training so make sure you're seeking that out at protectorstoolkid.com uh, on getting those courses to your churches out there and i'll just tell you we're one of the only ones out there as a training company we're going to give you a grant back to your church if you qualify for it we're giving up to 500 dollars back to your church your team the, your ministry for hosting one of our trainings so yeah get that get that uh qualified training done because your insurance group will want that quality uh training um, so let's, uh, I'm going to cover real quick the eight great reasons for church insurance, or more importantly, maybe the eight great reasons for having the right church insurance company like American Church Group. So number one, they, of the eight great reasons to have it, it's the law. You got to have it. Have insurance. If you're a small church and you think we can't uh, have insurance, you're wrong. You, you owe it to your church. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your guests, your visitors, and your staff and your volunteers to have insurance. Call someone like Colton to get that done for you. Number two, we have it because we could get sued. We're in a more litigious society nowadays. We are Christians and we have certain beliefs. We have biblical beliefs that we align with and we may have suits that come out of that or come because we're preaching biblical truths and people of other groups may not like that. Or we have a claim on our property, a slip, trip and fall or a medical incident like that. Number three, it keeps your business up and running. If something happens, a man-made or a God-made event, ha uh, heaven forbid, uh, that pauses your church from operating, then it does keep our business uh, running. Uh, or maybe something uh, crazy like a pandemic that goes around the whole globe. <laughs> it does uh, help your church keep running when you have the right church insurance company and the right church insurance agents. Hey, guy, could I yeah. pop in on that, that last point right there? Yeah. Um, yeah, ministry uh, continuation is a is a huge thing to think about in the event that a church, whether it's on the liability side or the property side, um, again, let's say we have that fire and we can't use our sanctuary because it's being rebuilt for the next 14 months. Um, has my agent sat down with me to go through a ministry continuation plan that says, OK, what do these costs look like? How do we continue ministry? Do we need to lease a space? Uh, there in town, do we need to lease equipment, continue to pay our staff? 
Uh, and what's going to be the dollar figure on that over the next year uh, to 16 months? Yep, absolutely. Hey, Mike Phillips, I see your question. Good information. Why haven't I heard this from my church's brotherhood rep? I bet you Colton will, uh, I'll give you all his contact information. And he will help you with that specifically. Yeah. Um, Mike Phillips yeah. is down here at Coppers Cove, Texas. So I know you'll be able to help him. Uh, number four of the eight, great to protect your staff. Listen, you have people working for you. Do the right thing by them and have the right insurance coverage for them. Whether it is a slip, trip, and fall or a medical incident that happens on your property from your staff, you have the, the you, you have to go into the work, workman's comp uh, side of things and make sure you're protecting your staff. And it does, I'll tell you what, it's, it speaks life into them and it, maybe it recruits better staff for you or recruits the staff that you need when it shows that you care about them enough to have the right liability coverage for them. Number five of the eight great reasons to have the right church insurance agent and company. It protects your customers. We are a business. The church is a business. Just because you're a nonprofit and your church and you're shepherding people and bringing them to Christ doesn't mean anything. You still are a business. So make sure we're doing the right things as a business. If the business doesn't exist, then maybe the church doesn't exist. And we do not want that. We want to be in our communities. We want to be serving people. We want to be bringing people to Christ and being part of the uh, and making sure we're fulfilling the great commission. And the way to do that is keep the business side running as well. Number six of the eight great reasons to have the right agent and the right company, it covers acts of God. Listen, uh, insurance acts of God is an act, is an accident or event not caused by human hands. Floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, fires, uh, lightning damage, all those kind of things uh, all qualify. Uh, God sometimes does crazy things and we want to make sure that we're indemnified or we're protected against those things and we can keep ourselves up and running. Number seven, uh, for the eight great reasons not to have or to have the right church insurance agent and the right insurance company. We can't predict the future. Number one, that's witchcraft. We don't believe that in the church. Anyhow, we don't have crystal balls. Uh, we do pray. Um, we don't have a crystal ball hidden in the closet or anything like that. We pray against these unfortunate events, but we know God gave us brains to make good decisions. And part of those good decisions are having the right company and the right agent for you in church safety and security and church uh, insurance. It would be excellent if natural disasters or injuries on the job or lawsuits never occur, but no one can guarantee that such things don't occur. So make sure you have the right agent and the right company. And last but not least of the eight great reasons to have the right company and the right agent for your church insurance, it puts someone else in the boat with you. This is probably one of the greatest reasons to partner up with Colton and American Church Group. Imagine this, this scenario of Jonah had somebody else in the boat with him. That time in, inside the whale would have been a lot more fun. They would have had a lot of things to talk about, obviously. And then when they got to Nineveh, they would have had a witness that says, yes, we definitely were inside of a whale. And maybe that conversation with the Ninevites may have gone a little bit differently. We choose great companies like Church, uh, American Church Group and Colton. We have a partner, someone that partners with us. It's not someone who just takes a premium from us and is never heard from again. It's important to have these partners in our life. Mind twister from Ray Coates, are they acts of God or acts of Satan? Well, I think God allows things to happen and God makes things happen. So uh, I don't want to go too deep and theological. <laughs> yeah, trying to get us uh, into the theological discussion there. Yeah, absolutely. We go way in the weeds on that one. So imagine <laughs> just this uh, scenario right here, why it's important to have a, a partner like Colton and American Church Group. Because if I think of something crazy, like up in the balcony, I want to have a sniper position and have a 308 rifle there on every Sunday. That's when Colton comes in and says, hey, maybe that's not a great idea. So we partner with people like Colton to make sure. Any any thoughts on those eight greats or anything you want to add in there, Colton? 
No, those those are all uh, fantastic reasons, and uh, and like you said, man, that's that's where the partnership piece comes in because ministry is an ever evolving space, right? It changes year to year. Your operations change year to year. And you may come up with something tomorrow that you think is going to be a great outreach to the community, but you're not sure exactly how to address it from an exposure standpoint. Uh, that's where, you know, I personally strive to be accessible, you know, to, to my clients to say, man, give me a call. I'd love to talk through it with you. Yep, absolutely. I know that about you as a fact. So, Colin, how can people get in touch with you? Let's get all your contact information out there for them. Yes. So uh, certainly feel free to uh, reach out to me here at my email. I think it's posted at the bottom of the screen there. Uh, C Johnson at American Church dot com. Uh, you can also call our 844 number 844-400-3384. Uh, and my extension is 354 uh, on that end. So uh, I can be reached directly through that. That reaches out directly to my cell um, and would be more than happy to you know, talk through those uh, with you. And if you would, uh, anyone who is here live with us, Guy, uh, and, and certainly in addition to the resources that you offer, and I'll share them with you as well, uh, we would like to provide two free resources to you. So, so e email over to me. That is the Big Book of Checklists and the Guidelines for Ministry Workers. Um, so, so these are items that I can literally run through almost every aspect of my ministry, uh, whether it's from personnel dishonesty to child protection, uh, to safety and security teams and say, have I addressed these items? And, and again, that's where it comes in partnership with uh, risk managers such as yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You guys do a fantastic job on that side of things. And uh, I use those resources myself. I like reading through them. It sharpens me uh, and, and it makes me think about some different things in different ways. So I really appreciate it. And Cole, I do appreciate you being on here tonight and uh, having your time uh, with us. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to close us out here and we'll, we'll go into all the features of Protectors Toolkit. Um, if you are going to the FBSN Security Operations Summit, the SOS at FBSN, uh, in Houston in July, July 23rd at 8.55 a.m., July 23rd at 8.55 a.m. I know that's kind of early. I may make it there just uh, to have my talk. I wanna, I'm going to be talking about on leadership before crisis. So on that Friday at the opening of the SOS Summit, make sure you come see me. I'm going to introduce you to my friend Radar. Uh, Radar is going to tell you everything you need to know about being a great leader. And Radar will leave with you. So that's a secret call out right there. I, you don't know what that is, but I am going to make sure Radar leaves with you. Don't forget our free digital downloads over protectorstoolkit.com, protectorstoolkit.com. Get your free de-escalation packet over there right now. Go over there for all of our digital downloads and our free de-escalation packet. Don't forget to go to our membership. The Warrior Access is the best absolute value out there. Like I said earlier, it gives you the one thing that you can't buy. It gives you time, time back in your day, time to do the things that you need to do for your church safety and security ministry. As a volunteer in your organization, you need time. You need time to be able to decompress. You need time to be with your family. You need time to go to that other job, the thing that helps you keep the lights and the AC on. So we help you build, develop, and lead your church safety and security ministry through a continuing education source and already done for you training. Don't forget to host the training with us, live and in-person training, our two-day firearms, our de-escalation courses, our conflict resolution courses, our scenario courses, uh, our one-day tactics course that we use for you. We bring it all to your church live. And for hosting an event, we're going to give you up to $500 back to your ministry. Yes, I said that right. We're going to give you only $500 back to your ministry. I'm going to buy lunch for you. We're going to give you that and a grant check back to you to use however you need to within your ministry to build up your ministry just for hosting a course with Protectors Toolkit live and in person. So Warriors, 
like I always say, this is a lot of knowledge. We want to make sure that we are not perished because of our lack of knowledge. Like Hosea says, we want to make sure that we're getting as much knowledge as possible, that we're not killed through that by having a lack of knowledge. And what I always say, keep them safe.